15 minutes could save you 15% or more. My dad used to say that. Sure, yeah. It's from Geico. Yeah, whenever I would ask my dad for life advice, he'd sit me down and say, Son, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And look at me now, a well-adjusted adult with a drawer full of plastic bags I'll never use. (laughs) Okay, I'm confused. Was your dad a licensed Geico agent? Nah, he was just a real good dad. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. At First Commonwealth Bank, we know better banking begins with better ways to do the things you need to do. That's why we've made it easy to open a new First Commonwealth checking account with our simple-to-use mobile account opening. Now, the same device you use to talk, text, snap, share, schedule, email, navigate, and watch can help you open a great checking account, too. Visit fcbanking.com from any device and upgrade your digital banking to better with mobile account opening. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. I know, I know, I don't like oh, this episode already. Police say after 30 plus years, they had their man. Driven by revenge. The Golden State Killer in custody. Welcome, guys, to Talk Murder to Me. The gang's back together. Yes, it feels so good to be back. In person. I mean, I'm glad that we were able to record remotely, but it's just yeah. not the same. I'm glad to be back here, back home. Good. Oh. Well, did you have a, a nice time up in freezing Massachusetts? You know, it wasn't that cold. Only Thanksgiving was cold, and but but it's funny because it was in the forties probably most of the time. Saturday Sunday That's was like cold. I, no, it was it wasn't that bad. But then tonight when we were out looking for the Christmas tree, it, like it was like what sixty five, and I was like, oh, it's a little chilly out here. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's subjective. I it's guess. strange, but it's good to be back, and I'm glad to be back here with you guys. Missed you guys. We missed you too. So welcome back, Jen. Thank you. Okay, let's take a sip of this drink. All I've right. been staring at it for I the don't last know. 20 minutes. It might not be that good. Oh. I like it. There's That's a, delish. There is a dog hair in mine, though, but I think that adds to the flavor. It's polyjuice potion. Mm. You read the book where you know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> he says no. John, I got a new shot glass when I was gone at the Christmas tree shops. What is that? A cactus? Yeah. Isn't that awesome? In Boston? It was at the Christmas tree shop. Who cares? Oh, no, I'm just saying I didn't know cactuses were... Oh, excuse me, cacti. Well, I mean, the Christmas shop has every... Christmas tree shop has everything. We don't have them no, down just, here. Not Christmas trees, though. Don't you just love a bargain? You know, some, they do have some Christmas trees, though, like the fake ones fake inside. Ones, yeah. So what did you guys think of the... Um, if you guys haven't listened to the Lady of the Dunes, that was a really fun episode. Yeah, I liked it. So. I I liked it. I also liked the dingo episode that we just released. Dingo, yeah. A dingo ate my baby. We we did done... y'all know that that was where that came from? No, yeah, I, I feel like I heard of it before, and but I didn't realize what it was until you like got. It was into also it. before we were born. Yeah, so it's not yeah. as relevant for us. But thanks to um, our Patreon Jasmine. subscribers for that. And actually, I, speaking of recent episodes that we did. Um, we had done another episode for Megan, which was Desperate Hacked Wives. She sent uh, a message actually to you on Patreon um, and said, thanks so much for the shout out. She really enjoyed the episode. Oh, she nice. did have one piece of feedback. What? 
She said, John, when you're saying a baby in the, their age, it's just a 22-week-old. Oh, I knew yeah. someone not, was going to... Not a 22-week-year-old. Uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't want to say that. anything to him because the last time I tried to give you constructive criticism... I know you that like, I did that. For a week. So, I, so Megan just said, I, I just have to tell you, John, because it's driving me crazy, but otherwise I, I love the episode. It drives me crazy when I hear it, and I honestly will continue doing it because I... Don't realize it at a time. That's how I don't know. That's how I learned that's it. That's like when I was driving in the car when I was because I've done that on other episodes too. Yeah, yeah. And I always I'm like, damn it, why did I say it like that? That's like <laughs> when I'm driving in the car. Um, mm-hmm. I was um driving with Chris when I was driving down here when I was moving, and I was like, oh, you need to get in the left hand lane. He was like, the left hand lane. I'm like, yeah, the left hand lane. And he was like, you mean the left lane? And I'm like. What's wrong with saying the left-hand lane? I but it brought too. it to my attention that, like, I don't know. It's, I don't know. What I say left-hand lane sometimes. Yeah, right, yeah. left-hand and right-hand. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of Patreon, we have a shout-out that we need to make tonight. Boop, boop. So, our newest Patreon subscriber, Ashley, um, who is a Taco Supremo. Taco Supremo. Which, Taco Supremo. Um, if for those of you guys, we added a, a tier to Patreon, not necessarily for anyone to get access to more content. We're not doing any of that stuff, but $5 and Ashley obviously gets a special shout out from us, but she's about to get a really cool video from mm. us as well. So she's contributing $5 a month to our humble cause. Um, Ashley, we appreciate you so much. We want a, a little bit more information about you you so we can really custom this video and knock your socks off so yeah. thank you for the support yeah thank you so much thanks for being a taco a taco supremo a taco supremo yeah yeah and so in order to donate to us and become a patreon uh and donate to our our cause and get access to exclusive content just go to patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com c-o-m talk murder Slash T A L K M U R D E R. So thank you so much for joining the Talco Supremo and shoot me an email at john at talkmurder.com. That's J O N at talkmurder.com. If you want me to do a story just for you, and I will. And if you want to just say hey and give us some fan mail, you can always contact me, Jen at talkmurder.com. I've only received one email so far, but that's okay. Speaking of email and fan mail, Nikki, shouting out to you. I if you got a strange package in the mail, she did. it's from she, us. She okay, sent us, she sent us a thank you note on Instagram. Oh, she did. Yeah. Uh, so Nikki, glad you got your book, and thank you for mentioning us in your Instagram story. We yeah. appreciate that very much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. Mommy made me eat my M and M's. Mommy made me eat my M and M's. I have to warm up my vocal cords. I did not it's know that was a thing. <clears throat> yeah, I learned it when I was in choir when I was like seven. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Why? So I will say, John played back one of our old episodes and he heard himself do it after. And he's like, why did we do it after? That sounds so stupid. I don't know. know. (laughs) This is what we've been trying to tell you. Would you be okay, Jen, if I do that at the right time? You can't really notice it. I guess. I do have to say, because you're going to do it if I say it's okay or not, number one. Number two, I, I'm so glad to have my bongos back. I, if you guys listened to the last two episodes, I'm sorry that there was no surprise shots. 
uh, segment. Okay, so our latest rating from Create Nickname 2457 says, We don't know what they dot dot dot. Now, we, when anyone says shots, I sing Jen's song in my head. Thanks for being entertaining. Thank, Thank you, Create Nickname. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I love that song. So we leave us leave us a are. review on iTunes and uh, we'll shout you out as well. Yes. <coughs> That's good. I like that. What is it? <coughs> I really like that. What is it? And take note that the man at the table is the only one not coughing or taking a chaser shot. Um, I didn't take a chaser shot or cough. Because there's no chasers available. Oh my god, the like went down the wrong tube. <coughs> <coughs> that was gross. What is it? I like something it. with the Fruit Loop. Mm-hmm. That was Fruit Loop vodka. Yep, with with what? Are you just mixing shit together, Jen? I, what, what am I supposed to do? I mean, that's just weird. <laughs> you just mix two liquors together. Yeah. Okay. Well, well I mean, like I didn't have time to. That go was on. good. <laughs> it was good. I liked it. So, Jen, where are we going? Al- Where are we going and who are we killing, Jen? Albuquerque, New Mexico, and an FBI agent gets killed, and he they blame it on the aliens. Oh, because Saucer. So the hint was Saucer. And I guess Jen thinks this is an alien podcast about UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong podcast, Jen. This is, <clears throat> this is a Monday night recording session. All right, what do you think, Nicole? I think we're going to Canada... And I think that the murderer uses a broken saucer cup and stabs them in the throat. All right, so we got UFOs and broken saucer cups. <clears throat> so how how this saucer mar- murderer that goes around killing people with broken saucer cups? How many people does he slit open? Only two. <laughs> Star Wars? Earth Raider? What the fuck? Thanks for listening. Talk more to me. This has been fun. <laughs> Jen's leaving. Jen, no, come back. <laughs> bitch, 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 bitch. What the fuck was that? <laughs> are, they, is, is, are they possessed? Oh. It sounds like a possessed person. Yeah, or like a ghost. Welcome like an to EVP, an EVP. That's exactly what it was, isn't it? The, Welcome to Talk EVP. Murder Me, where Jen is freaking the fuck out. Yeah, what the fuck was that? Like, that's that's some shit that I don't mess with. <laughs> I don't. I know I know. I don't like oh, this episode already. Jen, I, or Nicole, I was listening to the last episode um, of the Dingo one, and you said that you really liked the Dracula episode. I was kind of taken back by that. That was a very gruesome episode. <laughs> 
I yes, it was outrageous, and I, it was the most fucked up episode we've ever done. Yes, I, I think that this is going to top it just from that opening. No, I'm very so. uncomfortable. I think I need to drink more. Screw, fuck the vertigo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think I'm going to need some pancakes and someone to read me a story to help me fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. I will tell you guys. Play some be, Christmas music. Be sure, guys. If you because no, have... then I'm afraid someone's going to possess my fucking stereo and like <laughs> I'm going to hear it like go on and on and on. If you haven't subscribed to Talk More to Me. Be sure to, because I'm telling you, the next five episodes that I've got lined up are fucking crazy. Okay, you oh, want boy. to hear the next five episodes. Or so anyway. like Infinity, pretty much, but you know. Yeah. At least John's got the next five mapped out for you. John, if I have a heart attack tonight. It's not that bad. This episode is not that bad. In fact, this episode is actually going to be a two-parter. So we're going to do part one tonight, and that's why I wanted you to guys oh, record tomorrow, too. We're going to okay. do part two. Okay. You guys well, ready I'm to get little, scared as I'm shit? Like, I'm a little frightened right yeah. now. Don't be frightening. Like, I might have to, like, sleep on the floor of your bedroom. No, I, <laughs> I this is not a frightening episode. I don't know how it came out that way. The, the first you call, don't? Oh. Like, what <laughs> about that was not call? terrifying? <laughs> the beginning call where it sounded like somebody who's freaking possessed? He wasn't possessed. Why do people watch scary movies? Like, I don't why? Know. I don't I understand. understand. I love scary. I don't movies. like the feeling of being tense. I'm feel stressed out as. Well, I don't love. Te- I don't love scary pop out movies. I love movies like Phantasm that just builds that suspense. Like the suspense movies that are horror. I like just really thrillers. get you. I like even s- like the movie Creep. It's just so. Didn't just- like that. I like thrillers. Correct. I like psychological thrillers. That's what I like. All right, guys, we're going to California tonight. Ah, oh, damn. That was close. We're going that. I said New Mexico. That's the west side of the country. <clears throat> mm-hmm. When the Stranger Calls movie came out June 2nd, 1979, we're going six months before that. This story is going to jump around a little bit. I structured it the best way I think I could. Guys, this is going to be a two-part series on someone who was from California. He's was in the Navy. Mm, he's okay. a military background. Ex-military background. Okay. He was actually the only serial killer in history that was dubbed with three different monikers. Hmm. Really? So any ideas? No. All right. The saucer killer. This, yes. We are talking about the saucer killer. Am I, really? No, there's no such thing as the saucer killer. <laughs> What was the hint for then? Uh, we'll be reading from uh, two different books tonight. One is The Evil That Men Do. That's by Roy Hazelwood, the FBI profiler. Oh, yeah. He's most known for his sexual um, cases and his psychology behind the sexual criminal acts. Mm-hmm. And we'll also be reading from the very hit popular book right now, and I definitely recommend it. Oh. It's called... I'll be gone in the dark. Oh, I'll be gone in the dark. The Golden State Killer. This ep- this two part episode series will be on the Golden State Killer. Very cool. All right. And the Golden State Killer is who you heard earlier in that call. In oh, that call. weird. So, yeah. Wasn't the Golden State Killer? Wasn't he also an ex cop? Yeah. Yes, he was an ex cop. I'm, we're going to be reading directly from the book. I'll be gone in the dark. If there's one true crime book that you read, it should be this one. This is. They compared it to Capote's book, In Cold Blood. She wrote this book, and then she actually passed away April 21st, 2016. Her name is uh, Michelle McNamara. I think I'm saying that right. She's married to uh, McNamara. She's married to Patton Oswald. Mm. She's 
she got her start as um, the owner and the author of a blog called True Crime Diary, and she is from the area of which this takes place, and she actually is the one that dubbed the name Golden State Killer, and this is her, literally, the title is perfect, One Woman's Obsessive Search for the Golden State Killer. This book is freaking amazing. Everyone should read it, and that's all I'm going to say about it, but we are going to be reading from this book. Sweet. So. Cool. I'm, I'm excited. excited. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned this, our inaugural episode, mm-hmm. The Golden State Yeah. Killer. They did catch the guy, suppose, allegedly, part two, we're going to be talking about how they caught him and also the privacy issues with it of how they caught him because they're bringing up concerns too. And also, even though he's responsible for over 50 rapes and 12 murders at least, okay, who knows what's going to happen because he hasn't said anything yet at all. He's got an attorney and those attorneys are going to try to make the evidence dismissive because it was gained illegally. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, then uh, it's going to be a sight to see because there will, there will be no evidence for the case. And, and he may wow. actually walk free. And, and because, Whoa. because the, evidence from the DNA samples, which we're going to be talking about tomorrow or for part two was gathered illegally. Hmm. He started as the Visalia ransacker and no one knew he was that until they linked him. He was the East area rapist. So you'll hear me say ear a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, ear Mm. also the original night soccer, which I'll talk about why it's Mm. original because there's another guy, Richard Ramirez that we're going to do eventually that actually took the night. Yeah. Well, no, he wasn't a copycat, but he did. The media gave him the name, the night stalker. So, Hmm. so he's got Visalia ransacker, East area rapist, original night stalker, and of course the Golden State Killer, which Michelle McNamara dubbed for the purposes of getting interest in the case because his name was Ear Ons, East Area Rapist slash ONS, original night stalker, Ear Ons. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? Now the Golden State Killer, that's something to care about. So anyway. Wow, I, I can't wait. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, this, I've this up quite a bit here. This wow. story is freaking crazy, man. Let's All right. get into it. We're in the spring in 1979. Now, that movie hasn't came out yet. And we're going to jump a little bit back and forth, but we're going to stay in this about a five-year span. Basically, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Ear, mm-hmm. East Area Rapist. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to jump back a little bit to the Visalia Ransacker. Okay. And I, what I want you guys to really see is the the escalation from the Visalia ransacker. Now, this is all the same person, mm-hmm. Joseph James D'Angelo Jr. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So his transition from ransacking to rape to murder, mm-hmm. right? So we're going to do the Golden State Killer episode as far as him becoming an actual murderer tomorrow. Um, so okay. we, we, we're going to get into, so I, I really want you to see like how he evolves and how a lot of these killers evolve from doing petty stuff, ransacking, then rape, and then to full on murder, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. 
In the spring of 1979, a 17-year-old girl who lived in Rancho San Miguel in Walnut Creek began to receive a series of anonymous calls. What was especially unsettling was that the calls followed her home, followed her to her homes where she was babysitting. The parents would leave, the kids put to bed. A ring would knife through the quiet. Hello? The familiar blankness was always followed by a click. The only sign there was a human being with the intent on the lo- other line. We're starting in 1979. This is after he was ransacking as a Visalia ransacker. The babysitter was just one of 50 plus victims that were raped by the Golden State Jeez. Killer. I uh, Have you guys seen the movie When a Stranger Calls? No. Is you it know? scary? It, well, I right, think it's from, scary. It's from 1979. Oh, so it's probably not that scary. All right. It could be. Leave me alone! Jill, this is Sergeant Sacker. Listen to me. We've traced the call. It's coming from inside the house. Our squad car's on the way over there right now. Just get out of that house. I picked this one because this, when the Stranger Calls movie came out about six months later. Mm, it was okay. based on what was going on. Now, Joseph James D'Angelo, the Golden State Killer, what he would do is he would call the babysitter at her house, not the house that she's babysitting at. And he would just hang up the phone. Like he would call just to make sure she was there. And then it'd be like, click. And then when she was babysitting this one night in the spring of 1979, he shows up in the home where she's babysitting. Mm. She was sitting at the kitchen table when she heard footsteps or a man's voice. She couldn't remember which came first, only that he shot up suddenly as if spring loaded from a dark hallway and into her terrified heart. Obviously, she was raped very violently. About how old is he around this time? He, like He's in his 20s at this time. Uh. And that means he left a trail of footprints. Really horrible as the kids know about them. I was up at the swim club and they had a... Um, a sign saying lock your homes as a prowler in the neighborhood and a 10 year old boy came up to me and said oh it's not a prowler it's a rapist why don't they say rapist <laughs> anxious residents buy guns and pack community meetings to learn how to protect themselves okay gentlemen i ask if the telephone wires were cut here in the incident in san ramon and it's uh, affirmative they were from the inside from the inside did you hear that yeah well, from the inside pressure to remove an entire window or even a sliding glass door. Despite all their locked doors and bolted windows, they are all still very much afraid tonight of the East Area Rapist, and that makes them all, in a sense, his victims. Adding to the terror. They all were afraid. The entire town was afraid. So, I like the point that that reporter made about how everyone was afraid, so that made all of them his victims. Yes. Because... Because it almost gave him the satisfaction, like, everyone's afraid of me, so I can, like, you know, I think, like, in the mind of um, an, an offender of that caliber, like, would give them even more reason to just go out and do it. Like, I know I can do this. I know that, like, no matter you what I do. get away with it. No matter what I do, I'm either going to scare the shit out of them and they're going to fear me or... You know, I'm going to do like, I don't know. Mm. I know that that didn't make any sense, but like it did in my head. So that's OK. Without going through 50 rape victims tonight, it's really hard to to paint the picture of how scared and terrified 
the entire town counties, multiple counties were of this guy. He he was invincible. Fifty rapes. Fifty. Isn't there there's a picture out there where they were at they were holding one of these community meetings and he was he's sitting in one of the community meetings in the crowd and there's a picture of it of D'Angelo. That's out there. Yeah. Sorry. How, how did you know that? Because, like, when yeah. the whole Golden State stuff was going on, like, w- earlier on, I kind of heard it in the news. But you can cut that part if you want. No, 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 no. I don't want to cut it because that's, I was going to get to that. But, yes, that is a very good point. In fact, the video that you just saw, go to talkmore.com, and I'm going to post the YouTube videos of all the the videos from YouTube and everything, and all the evidence and stuff like that. They were in a meeting. This was the ear, I'm going to say ear, East Area Rapist, the ear community meeting to try to see what the hell is going, like, this guy has been raping people every night, sometimes in the same community, sometimes a hundred yards away from the last victim. Cops were clueless. No one could catch this guy. That has never been done ever in history. No one has ever gotten away with this much stuff. He was like a ghost. And the meeting you're talking about is right here. I'm looking in the book. Now, the East Area Rapist, Joseph James D'Angelo, is in that meeting. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to point out why he's in that meeting later. But he is in that meeting somewhere. Is he in the, he's not in the picture? That you he is see. in the picture, but people haven't been able to find him yet. They, they, they've been pulling negatives from the pictures of the ear community meetings and stuff like that and they're trying to pinpoint them but i'm going to go into later um exactly why we know that he's in there i'll put the uh picture on talkmer.com if you want to try to find him yourself three weeks later a hundred feet away from the babysitters the house that she was brutally raped there was a 13 year old girl Jen, I want you to read this article. Um, so where it says one, can you see where it's like, just read in the between, yeah, just read in between the pink underlined box, like the whole box. Walnut Creek. Mary was sitting in her kitchen Wednesday morning, sewing a quilt for her nephew's unborn daughter, when the television show she was half listening to broke away for a special report. Suspected East Area Rapist Arrested. I had to stop what I was doing. I was like, what? She said, her voice shaking amid a wave of mixed emotions. It's been 39 years of waiting. That's an awfully long time. Almost four decades ago, the then 13-year-old girl became the youngest victim of the notorious East Area Rapist, later also known as the Golden State Killer and original Night Stalker. About 4 a.m. on June 25, 1979, as Mary's father and sister slept a masked intruder sneaked into her Walnut Creek bedroom, adorned with rainbows, unicorns, and heart posters. He pulled down her rainbow p- print duvet, held a knife to her throat, and whispered, You better be good. Then he raped her. Mary remembers her father screaming, voice cracking, Get those things off of her. Her sister cut off the ties and hugged her until the police came. She vividly remembered police confiscating her grandmother's handmade quilt from her bed and slicing pieces for evidence. And then she tried to move on. The evidence being the ejaculate that was from Ugh. the East Area Rapist. Now, Gross. I'm going to shock you guys. That 13-year-old girl 
was the 47th victim of the East Area So did he just stop? He did, like, all of his rapes kind of, like, consolidated. He didn't... Once he started murdering, he didn't rape again? Or did he... No, he did. He raped yes, his murder he did. Yeah, yes, exactly. Okay. So he... The, the, but yeah, he didn't he didn't necessarily just rape singularly after he moved on to murder. Once he moved on to murder, he murdered and raped, but yes. he was just singularly raped. So yeah. it, it sounds to me like he started as a ransacker, he started like robbing and going through stuff, and then he was like, Oh, well I can get away with this, what else can I get away with? And then he started raping people. Mm-hmm. And then he caused so much Fear that he started building confidence, and then he moved on to murdering, his rape, victims. and murder, yeah. because he had that much power, <coughs> or so he thought. Because he wouldn't get caught, he never got caught. Well, well, he never got caught. His career, the ear, the East Area rapist, his career began as the Visalia ransacker. Now that was linked from DNA, and as I'll show you, stuff. For instance, a thirty-eight caliber gun that was ransacked mm-hmm. from someone's home mm-hmm. used in an East Area rapist attack. So it's like, I wonder if he was ransacking, came across a victim while he was ransacking, decided to rape her, and then that became his M.O.? No, that- it was, the thing about this guy, he lived his three, or he, he lived his four different monikers. He was the Visalia ransacker until he was not. Then he was the East Area Rapist, which means the Visalia ransacker means he was ransacking in this Visalia County. I'm about to show you the map. Then he didn't rape at all. East Area Rapist, he went to the east side of California. Okay. And then he started raping. Very interesting. Does he have like multiple personality disorder or something? I don't think so, but uh, between April... It's like very strange. It's April, very segmented. Yeah, I'm going to show you a map here in a second. April 1974 through December 1975. We're going back about a year. Uh-huh. 100... Now, how is that? April 1974 through December 1975. How many months is that? Maybe like... A year and a half. year and a half. Yeah, not even. 130... Uh-huh ransacks breaking and enterings hmm. now they called him a cat burglar you guys know what a cat burglar is someone that's like a cat they just yeah, kind of black and they're well, very quiet well it's a cat burglar from what i researched is someone that will break into the second story hmm. you know oh. get climb up like a cat and then burglarize see i never knew hmm. that i, I just thought either. it was like someone who was very slinky and like I had never heard of a cat burglar before. Really? No. I always associated it with females for some reason. I don't know why. Now, we're going back. I'm telling you. Like the Pink Panther. Yeah. Yeah. We're going back a few years. Or not a few years. We're going back about a year. So you can see his escalation. He hasn't murdered anyone yet. Mm -hmm. When He's 130 within a year and a half. Of breaking into people's homes, Jim. Would you do that? Would you? Could you break into someone's home? Probably not. One hundred and thirty times in a year and a half. I don't know. That's a full time job. Yeah, I wonder how much he pulled in from that. Not a lot, because I'm telling you. All right. He wasn't in it for the money. That's he wasn't in it. Sometimes he would break into four, five, or even 
12 homes in one night. What? That's like the Grinch. He just hit up the whole neighborhood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of that. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was actually thinking of the Grinch when I... You're a mean one. Mr. Grinch. You nasty, wasty son. I am the Grinch. I did see a really funny meme on... um, Never mind. It's not that funny. It's fine. Uh, Go ahead. I bet I know which one you're talking about. It was something about the Grinch. It was like what something like you finally under you what did what did you understand most like when you were older? And it's like and the response is a picture of the Grinch. And it's like why the Grinch only wanted to hang out <laughs> yes, with Max, yes, <laughs> his I, dog alone, yeah, or the one that's like Grinch didn't hate Christmas, right he here. hated people, and okay. I understand that. It ends right here. Oh, okay, John. If you won't dress up for the Christmas party, will you dress up like the Grinch with a green face? I will. Suit? Yes, I will do the Grinch. I will do the Grinch. Think you promise? I I promise to God I will do the Grinch because I. But listen, you have to guys, take pictures with people. I'm not talking bad about Christmas. I I don't want to. Christmas is like a warm blanket that people have. You don't want to go around whip, ripping off warm blankets. I'm just saying. He likes the cold. No, it, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying. Since I've traveled overseas and everything, <coughs> I, I've seen, I, I I don't understand Christmas. I, I really think it's, it's, I, I don't think it's. It's not what it used to be. I give you that. I could do totally without all presents at Christmas. Like, that's not the why I like it. Whoa, whoa. Let's not jump well, to conclusions here. Language. Well, your love language is acts of service. <laughs> my right? love language is gifts. His is gifts. So you only like What do you guys gifts? think my love language is? Words of affirmation. No, what, so? what's the other one? Yeah, I do. What's the other? No, what's the other one? Um, quality Is, time, touch, no. words of affirmation, acts of service. It's got to be gifts. words of affirmation. You think so? But you should read the book. You should read. I that do book. because I think I think you do what you think is most important to you. So, like, I do more acts of service because yeah. that's how yeah. I like to. That's a crazy love. book. You know, before I read that book, I would give Nicole a gift and I would, even though I would spend all day picking out the perfect gift, I would notice when Wait. she got it, it wouldn't, it's not like she didn't care, but it wasn't her. It's not my love language. Love language. And I could tell. But now that I know gifts is your love language, it means that much more to me when I get a gift from you because I know you're speaking your love language to me. That's oh, why wait, I pick oh, out the best okay, gifts. Okay, so you think that my love language... Okay, I always get confused between the love language... So you think my love language is words of affirmation, like I give words of affirmation. Because you give words of affirmation. I yeah, do? I think so. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> the ransacker was a, as prolific as he was weird. He often hit multiple homes in one night, sometimes four, sometimes five, once as many as a dozen. The ransacker targeted the same four residential neighborhoods repeatedly. He preferred some personal items, like photographs and wedding rings, leaving behind things of greater value. Investigators noted that he seemed to have a thing for hand lotion. Interesting. (laughs) Why didn't he just go to Bath and Body Works? Like, they have sales every three weeks. Maybe they always do a twenty percent coupon or whatever. Oh my gosh! Three week candles were twelve ninety five on Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and I did not buy any of them. I like Proud bad, bad Bath and Body. I I did, however, buy seven candles from the Christmas tree shops when I was home and got tossed uh, up by TSA again on my way back. <laughs> well, what they say about that microphone? Um, it's like, okay. what is this, ma'am? So yeah, no, literally, he like took it out of the bag and. 
Um, cause, so first, first I could tell there was going to be a problem because I, I went through the line. I was waiting for my stuff. And the woman behind the machine was, like, looking. And then she called someone over, and she was pointing at the screen. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then the guy came over, and he was like, ma'am, is this your bag? I said, yes. And he said, okay, I'm going to put this here, and I have to go through your stuff. Please do not touch anything. Please do not do anything. I have to go through this. I said, okay. So then he's looking through it. He sees, like, my – and I literally worked so hard to fit everything in there because I have a very limited amount of space, and I always overpack. So my backpack was, like, literally – you could not do anything with it. I, I had stuffed socks in my boots that were in the backpack because I couldn't fit them in my suitcase. I even used a space saver bag to pack my suitcase. So the microphone, everything was packed in there so nicely. And he's like taking everything out. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to take forever for me to repack. And he, he pulls out the microphone. Now, the microphone that I was using prior to the one that I'm using tonight and um, just for you tacos out there, um, it's round. And it almost looks like a bomb. Yeah, it does. I should have given you the black one. <laughs> um, no, the black about... one probably would have been worse. Oh, really? And it has like a stand. And so I, I took it apart so that it would be easier to pack. So the guy takes out the round part and he like literally is looking at it. He's like, what is this? I was like, um, I'm a podcaster. It's a podcasting microphone. He goes, a podcast, huh? I said, yeah. He goes, what's it called? I was like, <laughs> no, he didn't. Yes, I swear. I swear. I swear on my life. And I go, <clears throat> um, it's well, it's a true crime comedy <laughs> podcast. It's called talk murder to me. Oh my God. He goes, he goes, a true crime comedy, huh? And I was like, yeah, well, my oh, friend, shit. I like literally had to go into the whole thing. Cause you can't just tell TSA you yeah, talk about yeah. murder. When this thing looks like a bomb, right? Holy like, shit. like, so he's like, oh, he's like, I like true crime. And like, I thought it was like, at first he like paused and he was like looking at the thing. And then he was like, he was really cool after he, he was like, I like true crime. He's like, where can I listen to it? And I was like, oh, um, on iTunes. I like showed him the logo and everything. Nice. I like made a friend by the end of the day. What's yeah. his name? Hey, if you're listening. Uh, TSA agent. TSA agent. Charleston. Yeah, you're Charleston, really cool, bro. Yes. I really liked you. Welcome, TSA agent Charleston. You, yes, you. Thanks for letting Thank Jen take Thank the microphone. Thank you so much for letting Jen go through the airport. Thank you. <laughs> so he said he was going to listen. And then so on my way back, of course, I of course I had to re- – I didn't even take everything back with me that I took home, including the microphone and That's my fine. Now and it's my there boots. in case yes. you, need, yeah. you know. We don't need it. Okay. Cool. I mean, yeah, I can take still, it back. We still have an extra one. We got another one. So. Fine. So, um, so but this time I had like four candles and um, – in one bag and another one in in my suitcase. And so this time both of my bags got had to be checked and this time the in Boston the guy was a little bit more thorough. He's like, "Ma'am, is this your bag?" And I said, "Yes." He goes, "Do you have anything dangerous or dangerous or flammable or anything like that?" I was like, "Well, I have candles." And he was like, "Candles?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> like and so he, like, literally unpacked my bag again and my suitcase, which at this point the Space Saver bag had, like, expanded a little bit. So it was, like, he, so he, he like, he was, like, wow, you got a lot of candles. I was, like, yeah, I stocked up at Christmas tree shops because we don't have them in Charleston. He was, like, they still have those. I was, like, yeah. Anyway, but my Space Saver bag and my suitcase had expanded. So he was literally, like, struggling to close my suitcase. And I was so embarrassed. I was, like, I'll, I'll just do it. Like, please just let me go. Like, I just want to get on my plane and go. Jen, you do not look like a terrorist. <laughs> I don't know why they're stopping you. Because they, they have to be thorough. Yeah. They yeah. can't racially profile. Yeah. 
But Jen, I mean, that's funny. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Jen could have been like an innocent mule, being like, oh yeah, of course I'll take this microphone. Yeah. And I, you know what, TSA agent, I, I hope you listen and thank you for being, yeah. thank, thank you, you for, for letting Jen get through. Yeah, thank you for your service. I mean, you, you guys are, uh, I mean, you put you up with a lot of shit. So Michelle puts it that he, the Visalia ransacker, is nothing but a bratty child with a temper. Okay. The Visalia ransacker, 130 ransackings. He would go into the house. He would tear up family photos. He would go in the fridge and he would get that orange juice. You know, the extra pulp. I like pulp in my orange I juice. I love, yeah, I do I too. Do too. <laughs> I love pulp. <laughs> it makes it seem fresher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to hate it, but now pulp. I really like it. I li- well, I don't like the extra pulp, but the, like the, the medium pulp. pulp. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he would take the pulpy orange juice and he would pour it all over the clothing of the house that he was ransacking. That's weird. He would remove cash from the dresser. And and wherever the cash is hidden in the house, and he would place it on the dresser in the bed, basically showing that, hey, I don't want your cash. I just want you guys to know I was here. You know, he would. And I want to ask you guys. If this guy, if this would piss you off, somebody came into your house, Jen, somebody came in your house. Someone has broken into my house before. So, Jen, let me ask you, if someone came in your house. And they took a single earring out of a pair. <gasps> oh my god, that pissed me the fuck off. I know. I, mean, I would be mad, but I would think that I lost it before I thought someone broke into my house and stole a single earring. True. He would break into someone's house and steal a single earring. What a fucking dick, right? That's what just that's just to piss people off. Now, I had someone break into my house once, and they stole, like, my mom's 30-year, like, anniversary with working for Delta Ring, Mm. and and they stole my digital camera that had all my pictures of Jake as a puppy on them. All right, so the Visalia ransacker, he was still piggy banks. Mm. What a a rotten scumbag. You know what he would do that would really piss me the fuck off? He would come into your goddamn house and he would unplug your clock radio. <laughs> so your alarm That's doesn't go off. Do? What a yes. dick. He's just an asshole. Yes, he's a fucking dick, man. He would But like, I get what she's saying. It's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, childish. Yeah, it's re- yeah, that's what I wanted you guys it's to like, It's like Nelson on The Simpsons. <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't ex- <laughs> You wouldn't expect that from like a murderer. <laughs> yeah, I love that dude. <laughs> I like Ralph better though. Ralph is my yeah. Favorite. Oh yeah, he just loved Lisa. Ralph no, and Lisa. Think- no, no thinking- Ralph loves Lisa. No, you're thinking of Millhouse. Ralph is the like is Chief Wiggum's son. Yeah, special kid. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Millhouse. <laughs> so I'm showing him the picture of the. What he would leave at the victim's house. Oh, so go to talkmurder.com. It wasn't like he stole an earring discreetly. He like he. Oh no, no, no! He he wanted you to know that he was there. But he only stole one earring. But yeah, yeah, you would go into your bedroom and see that. Go talkmurder.com to see the ransack photo. Is that John Wayne Gacy's stuff? And then you would see that your dresser, and then be like, "That dick ass stole a fucking one earring out of my set." <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> oh, 
there's it's funny uh, because you're not going to get anything for that. Like, here is one earring. He was like, doing it for to be in a dick. Yeah, I know. One time he laid it's out. A trophy. One time, yeah. one time he went into the the husband's dresser drawer, took all his underwear out, and, <laughs> and he laid it out in a straight line, completely like flat and like you know. Color code. Dress right dress, if you will, as the army says, like completely straight. Yeah. He would lay it out one by one oh to one room to the other. Oh my <laughs> Just God. the underwear. He would come into your house and he would take one earring. What a dick. He would come into your house and he would take your family photo out of the frame. You know, it's got all those those four little things you have to twist or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take the photo out, rip it. Put it back in there, and then put it back like nothing happened. What? That's really fucked up. <laughs> That's really fucked up. Yeah, he's just a dick. He would Weird. unplug clock radios, like so you wouldn't be able to get up for work. Weird. Now I he hate him, but also thank him at the same time, <laughs> so you can <laughs> sleep in. <laughs> then he should roll up to work. Collins, why are you late today? Sorry, someone racked and ransacked my house and unplugged my clock radio. Like, <laughs> yeah, a lot of times he would actually steal clock radios, like completely take clock radios. Sorry, my alarm didn't go off this morning. My radio was. Missing. But he would leave money. He would see, he would find the money. Let's say you got a hundred bucks in the dresser. He would take that money out, put it on the counter, and then take your clock radio. <laughs> like what the shit? What the fuck. He's just a dick, right? He's playing mind games. Yeah. Playing those mind games. That's exactly playing yeah. Playing games with my heart. Playing games with my, my heart. For I tear us apart. He would also make makeshift alarms. Now, this guy was pretty intelligent as far as doing what he was doing. He would make makeshift alarms by putting spray cans or bottles of perfume. On the door handle. So he would be in there ransacking, taking your one earring, but he would put a perfume bottle on the door handle in case you decided to come home early. That bottle would fall. Then he would know. Now, I do want to tell you, this goes on to the East Area Rapist. You know, he... So he was setting booby traps to help Not booby traps, but yeah, yeah, to alarm him. Like alarm systems. And that would go on throughout his career of killing. He would continue to do that, and that was actually really smart for him to do. Now, one other thing that I'm going to get to is he wouldn't, and eventually he figured this out, because remember, he was a cat burglar at first, so he would climb upstairs, Mm -hmm. okay, as a cat burglar, but eventually he wouldn't do anything. If you lived in a two-story home, you're safe. Why is that? Why do you think that is? If you, the East Area Rapist, if you lived in a two-story home, you don't have anything to worry about. Why do you think that is, Nicole? Don't know. Jen, why do you think it is? Because it's harder to get out than it is to get in. Why is that? Because um, you have to worry about, like, like when when you're scaling up a building, you have more leverage than if you were to jump out of a window. And if you were going out the front door, it takes longer. You would have to go downstairs and all that stuff. Yeah. Once he turns into the East Area Rapist, he would never attack a house that was two-story because 
Up the stairs? Down the stairs. Hmm. One entry, one exit. He would always come in from one entry point and go out another exit point. You can't do that with stairs because up and down the stairs is one entry and exit. You have to, if you go up the stairs, you got to go down the stairs. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So that was only one point. That so makes- he wouldn't do, he would never put himself in the situation where he would be confined to only having one contingency plan. That makes sense because if someone like if there were multiple people in the house and someone woke up and saw him and like blocked the the entrance at the bottom of the stairs, like he would have to jump out of a window or something like that. He exactly. wouldn't be able to get out with ease. Exactly. And that's what I want you guys to like really understand about this. Whereas story. a first floor building, he would be able to crawl out any window. During this whole time, Joseph James D'Angelo Jr., JJDJ, what would WJD? Yeah, I was thinking that. I actually I was gonna. Damn it, you stole my joke. Sorry. Yeah, so I was uh, thinking WWJ WWJJDJ WWJJ is Joseph James D'Angelo Jr. What would Joseph WWJJDJD? What would Joseph James D'Angelo Jr. do? <laughs> I was thinking that. You got my joke. Good job. What can I say? You're very smart, Jim. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. Now, during this whole time, as a bratty, still in one earring, ripping the family photos up, taking a class ring that you'll never get back, Taking sentimental stuff, like your grandma gave you this night, like that quilt I got right there. He would come in and steal that quilt. Well, that's just a dick move. And, you know, I'm pointing to the quilt my mom gave me. My mom gave me a very sentimental quilt. I could have $1,000 sitting right on the floor in $100 bills, but Joseph James D'Angelo would come and he would steal my quilt. That's not worth $1,000, but it's It's worth a million dollars to me. Yeah, it's It's probably worth more than $1,000. I mean, the patterns on that quilt are exquisite. Yeah. My mom, Etsy, she's a top seller of quilts. If you want a quilt that will knock your damn socks off, like these, like I'm literally looking at this quilt right now, and like the details on it, like look at those little circles, they're like pebbles. All righty then. Now, so the whole time that he was going in, and I know this isn't a murder thing until tomorrow, we're not going to talk about murder. The whole time he was going into these houses, 130 plus. Stealing earrings, stealing family photos. He was a cop. He was a police officer. Can mm. you believe that? He just graduated the Navy training. He was a Navy soldier. Mm-hmm. Was he an officer or was he just... It wasn't enlisted, yeah. But he actually got a... He was a police for the Exeter Police. And let me pull up the map for you guys. Go to Talk Murder to see the map because I really want to show you guys where we're at right now. And I'm showing Jen right now. He was a police officer with the Exeter, Exeter. Exeter Police Force. Now, where is Visalia? Um, you know, he was called the Visalia Ransacker. Where is that according to the Exeter? Exeter looks like it's the next town over, which looks like it's about south central California. Yeah, south central California. So, I mean, how close is that? 
Um, I'm pretty damn close, isn't it? Yeah, it can be close, but I mean, anything in, in California range is like, like you could say that a town is close and it'd be two hours away in California. Yes. This okay, is the so Visalia. Except- now he was a cop for here, Exeter, so he was targeting this. So we're near Fresno. Yeah, exactly. We're near Fresno. Where that um, yep. The other case that we talked about was. So think about it. If you're a cop, a town over from where all these ransackings are taking place, you would most likely be a cop that investigates some of these ransackings, right? Oh yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, exactly. You guys get it now, right? So he was right there. So easy for them to person to get not get caught if he was the actual person doing it. Right. Exactly. So, I, so was he wearing gloves? Because, like, especially if he was on the police force, they would have a copy of his prints on file. He was wearing gloves, and they did have a copy of his prints. Keep that in mind. This is him as a uh, police officer. This is Joseph James D'Angelo Jr. as a police officer. Now, I do want to say that this is alleged. Basically, they haven't Yes, he's in he's in trial right now, but they haven't actually put him a sentence. Convicted. What's that? He's not convicted yet. He's not convicted yet, but it is. And I'm going to get this to the next um, part two. We're going to talk about how he was connected between 1973 and 1976. He was in Exeter County police officer, which is extremely close to Visalia. From 1976 to 1978, he actually moved to Auburn police, which is when he actually, coincidentally, which is when he became the East Area Rapist. Oh, is Auburn more in the East Area? Yeah, so Auburn is right by Sacramento. Let me show Uh, you a picture of, uh, I, I do want to show you the map of Auburn. Tell me where Auburn is compared to Sacramento, Jen. Uh, Northeast. Yeah. What's that? Northeast. Yeah, so it's Sacramento. So he moved from Visalia to Sacramento during 1973 to 1976. No, excuse me. From 1976 to 1978, he became an Auburn police officer. But he only worked there two years because he was fired for stealing probably at a little local hardware store, stealing a hammer and dog repellent. Who the shit would steal dog repellent? A robber. As a cop, they should have, like, knew something was up. Yeah. All right. There were five break-ins in 1976, 17 in 1977. Now, so we've been talking about the Visalia Ransacker. And a little bit about the East Area Rapist. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't go through all 50 rapes, because I I, I want to save you guys the fucking heartache of that shit. I'd rather talk about... Mur- I'd rather talk about murder than rape. Yeah. Right? I meant, it is what it is. Yeah. But I do want to talk about the first murder, which was accidental. And maybe it's the one that was the catalyst to him hmm. graduating. It's like going to high school... And then going to college, right? You graduate. You're a rapist, and you graduate to college, which is a murder. Hmm. It's around 2 a.m. in the morning, September 11th, 1975. 
16-year-old girl, she awakes to see a man straddling her. Hey, Nicole, would you read this for me? In the early morning hours of September 11th, 1975, the ransacker's criminal path made a frightening pivot. It was around 2 a.m. The 16-year-old daughter of Claude Snelling, a journalism professor at the College of the Sequoias, awoke to find a man straddling her. His gloved hand cupped tightly over her mouth. A knife was pressed against her neck. You're coming with me. Don't scream or I'll stab you, the ski-masked intruder whispered in a raspy voice. She began to resist. He produced a gun. Don't scream or I'll shoot you. He led her out the back door. Snelling, alerted by the noise, ran out to the patio. Hey, what are you doing? Where are you taking my daughter? He shouted. So this is the gun that he produced. Hey, what are you doing? Where are you taking my daughter? That's what the man shouted as his daughter, his 16-year-old daughter, was getting dragged out by some guy in the night. Oh, my gosh. Now, I want to say, when you guys read it, he had a guttural, what Michelle at least calls a guttural whisper. I often find out the hard way that all IPAs are not created equal. Some are hot bombs that forget about flavor. Others only taste good if you drink them with a heavy meal. Fortunately, Founders Brewing Company has found a way to enjoy an IPA anytime and at any occasion with their all-day IPA. You can taste the hops, of course, but it's the complex array of malts and grains that make all-day IPA a beer that will grab your attention. Whether you're relaxing after a long day at work or hanging outside with your friends, all-day IPA will become one of your favorites. It's one reason why Founders is in the top 10 of the nation's craft breweries and a staple in my fridge. When you taste all-day IPA, you'll understand how they got there. Look for Founders in your favorite beer store or check out their full line of beer and now hard seltzers, too, at foundersbrewing.com. Founders Brewing Company, born and brewed in Michigan since 1997. At First Commonwealth Bank, we know better banking begins with better ways to do the things you need to do. That's why we've made it easy to open a new First Commonwealth checking account with our simple-to-use mobile account opening. Now, the same device you use to talk, text, snap, share, schedule, email, navigate, and watch can help you open a great checking account, too. Visit fcbanking.com from any device and upgrade your digital banking to better with mobile account opening. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. So when he says That's you're like Batman. Yeah, so when he says you're coming with me, don't scream or I'll stab you. Pretend like you're clenching your teeth together like that. Yeah. And then he says, You're coming with me. Don't, you're coming with me. Don't scream or I'll stab you. Kind of like just mm. He whispered in a raspy voice and well, we, then we kind of heard that at the beginning. Yeah. With that phone call. Don't scream or I'll shoot you. It's like he didn't want to know. He didn't want people to know his true voice. And then Claude Snelling, the journalism professor, good guy, you know, just living his life. He's got a beautiful daughter trying to protect her as best he can. Hey, what are you doing? Where are you taking my daughter? He was dragging the girl outside of her own home. 
He pulled out a a Morocco thirty eight caliber, the one that you see on the screen. Is that really a thirty eight? Yeah. Because in my head I was like, I wonder what caliber. That looks like a thirty eight. I got it right. He was he Joseph James D'Angelo allegedly was with the girl, the sixteen year old daughter of a journalism student. He was dragging her out. And he pointed that gun at him. He was like, where are you taking my daughter? He pointed that gun at him and shot. Boom. Shot the father? Yeah, shot at the father. It hit hit the father in the chest and spun him completely around. Then he fired another shot. Pow! And hit him right in the lungs, piercing his heart, piercing both of his lungs. Now he's the father trying to protect his daughter, his 16-year-old daughter, from getting taken away by some stranger the night, spun around and was dead within minutes. He was dead. I mean, it hit his heart. It destroyed his lungs. The shot may have been lucky. I don't think he meant to kill him, but he did. He was dead. The journalism professor trying to protect his 16-year-old daughter was dead. Hmm. Now, the the ransacker, Joseph James D'Angelo, allegedly threw the victim down and kicked her in the face a couple times. Straighten it. Pow! Almost as anger, like, you made me kill him because he knew that he was dead and that was the murder that graduated him to a new level. Mm. A new, he graduated from college, he graduated from high school of raping, you know, 50 rapes. He graduated. Now, even if he wanted it or not, he graduated to college, which was murder. Was, he killed him. He was dead within minutes. The was, father trying to protect the daughter was dead. Go to talkmer.com to see the gun that he used. It was a revolver. Now, I'm not saying that he meant to kill him, but it doesn't matter because that, as I said, it graduated him. I, I, in my mind... They graduated him to what he was, to what he will be, you know, which we'll talk about a lot in the next part of this series, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Detectives, before this even happened, they learned that six months earlier, in February, the same guy, Claude Snelling, the journalism father, he came home after a hard day's work at the college he was teaching at, and he um, he was shocked to find somebody, a peeper, peeping Tom, if you will, crouched beneath his daughter's window. Now, this was six months earlier. Hmm. Now, think about that. Six months earlier. Think about that for all his other rapes, all his other ransackings. Think about the precision, the patience, the planning. Think about 
And a lot of times for these rape victims, they would come home one day before the incident of the rape happened. And they'd find little things different. Maybe the the garage door, the door leading to the garage was opened, you know. The wind, maybe. The wind pushed it open. Maybe the clock radio was unplugged. Maybe the kids, right? They would find little things different in their homes. You guys understand? Mm -hmm. He was a planner. He wasn't disorganized. He was doing this for months. His life was of a stalker. The babysitter that I talked about earlier... He didn't first know of that babysitter from the night that she was raped. He knew where she lived before she even went to babysit. Mm. He called her at her home before she went to babysit. He knew her schedule. He knew everything. It's like a full-time job almost. Exactly. December 10th, 1975. Keep in mind, Joseph James D'Angelo Jr., JJDJ, still a police officer. After that last incident, after the death of that journalism professor, police force, forces, I should say, multiple counties ramps up they actually deplete their budget of overtime mm. in March, March or April wow. of the year. They deplete their entire year's budget of overtime because they have all their officers going out every night and protecting watching the area they got night vision they got all kinds of specialized equipment to see vision and sound and and everything they could and this guy guys this guy was still getting away with it he was still going to the homes and rape and the police were clueless he would be one house over from where the police were set up watching. That's what I want you guys to get. Yeah. It was not just. Oh, hey, let's go. It was. Do this. <laughs> it was a, a mind that could have been used for something so productive that was so incredibly focused on his craft, much like Israel Keys, remember? Mm-hmm. Yep. Keys to Murder Success. If you guys haven't listened to that, go listen to that. It's a great podcast, a uh, great episode we did. You guys got any questions? I'm fucking drunk. I'm <laughs> having fun. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Holy shit. I love you guys. Love you too. The fact that this guy evaded fucking police. This guy would not be fucking caught if they didn't illegally catch his motherfucker. I do not think they're going to prosecute this guy. I think. 
I don't think so. They'll find a way. Because the defense will throw out the fucking... they can prosecute Stephen Avery, they can prosecute this No, this guy, they will throw out... Well, we haven't heard that part yet, so you... you, All right, all right, all right. So, December 10th, 1975, the police force, including the Joseph James D'Angelo, they start ramping up. Now, they start putting guys out at night in the area they think that the ear east area rapist is about to attack and they have all the equipment they actually borrowed night vision and stuff like that from the navy seals they're getting everything and they're going out all hands on deck they're Overtime is depleted because they are everywhere. Shit you not. Everywhere to me. And I shit you not. It's you I see. He still gets away. Well, sure, he's part of the police force trying to catch him. Multiple surveillance units around. Detective Bill McGowan. He was undercover, not undercover, but just in the night, hidden in the darkness, night vision. Like in the middle of the night? In the night, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. In the middle of the night, he I'll sees this guy. And I want to point out this guy, the East Area Rapist, there's plenty of calls about him. The police department is getting thousands of calls a night. This guy is climbing on roofs. People hear him climbing on roofs. Mm. They hear him in the lawn. Sometimes he would jump over the fence and try to land on like a, one of those barbecue cookers and completely knock it over. Mm. At 2 a.m. it's just like... Just to, not make, care. just to make them feel aware about him well no just because a mistake but they would not catch they could not catch this guy Hmm. that's the thing they could not catch this guy so bill mcgowan saw him creeping peeping looking in the windows the home late at night and he's like what the fuck this is him. This is the year. I'm going to go up to him. He goes up to him. I'm Detective Yadier. Freeze kind of shit, right? With yeah. his flashlight. Freeze! The chase ensued, obviously. He books it. The ear books it. Jumps a fence and everything. Shoot, he probably knew him. Now, I want to point out that this guy was muscular. You know, kind of like, almost like me. Like, no, I'm not ripped, but I'm, I got a big upper body. I'm muscular. I can jump a fence if I needed to. Mm-hmm. So he jumped the fence. A chase ensues. McGowan, Detective McGowan, fires a warning shot. Bang! Bang! Snap! Stop! Yep. 
literally three in the morning. Mm-hmm. The suspect stops. The ear stops. Surrenders. He stops. Like, literally, this is the end. This is the end of the story. So, so what happened? He throws his hands up. Detective McGowan's got him. This is it. This is the end of the story. He throws his hands up in surrendering mode. The East Area Rapist finally surrenders. And in a high-pitched voice, high-pitched voice, Oh my God! Don't hurt me! See, my hands are up! Now, that baby-faced man, the ear, the East Area Rapist, he turns slightly, sneakily, and then he drew a gun from his coat pocket. He fired at Detective McGowan. Oof. Now, as a detective and a police officer, and I'm not one, so I can't, this is what I've researched. You're taught to push your flashlight out in front of you. That's what he did. Detective McGowan, he took his flashlight and pushed it out in front of his body. Instinctively. Now the East Area Rapist took a shot and he hit that flashlight Hmm. right in the bulb. Hmm. Right in the lens. Pow! Exploded! Think about shooting a a flashlight that's shining bright. Just a bullet goes through it, just just a spark of light, and then it goes black. That's all it was. Now, obviously, what would you do if you had a flashlight out and it got shot with a bullet? You're gonna fall back down. You don't think it. You, you yeah. don't know if you're hit. Right. You think you're hit. Yeah, you, you think you're about to die. Yeah. You think you, the bullet hit you. It hit his flashlight. His police training, detective training kicked in and it hit his flashlight. And then luckily, that hit his flashlight and not his body. Hmm. And, you know, he fell back. And then... He got away. He got away. He got away. Hmm. He got away. McGowan, Detective McAllen, did go under hypnosis and he produced a sketch, you know, from the artist's renditions. Mm-hmm. It looks a lot like him. Oh. Yeah, it does look a lot like him. A, a lot like him. In fact, it looks. younger, like a boy. It's a boyish, boyish face. In fact, it looks so much like him that the Vicelia Ransacker never attacked. Again. Wow. Wow. Nicole, can you please read this? From Folsom 1, took left onto Paseo Drive into the heart of residential Rancho Cordova. This meant something to him. He attacked here first and kept coming back. 
By November 1976, there were nine attacks in Sacramento County attributed to the East Area Rapists in six months. Four took place in Rancho Cordova. In March 1979, when he hadn't attacked in a year, and it seemed like he'd left for good, he came back to Rancho Cordova one last time. Was it home? Some of the investigations, especially the ones who worked this case in the beginning, think so. Hmm. Was it home? Rancho Cordova. Keep that in mind. Was it home? That's what Michelle McNamara says. Was it home? June 18th, 1978. A 23-year-old woman calls 911 in the middle of the night. Now, she she does the best she can talking to the 911 dispatcher. But, I mean, how good can you do when your hands are tied behind your back, right? And you actually dialed the number with your tongue. Oh, my goodness. That's the only thing you had. That's a lot of force. Now, her hands were tied so tight that she actually began to lose circulation in her hands. And luckily, because if you lose circulation, that could be very devastating, right? Mm -hmm. Luckily, she didn't lose lose her hand. Yeah, luckily that didn't happen. She kept talking about the mask. It was strange. She kept telling the detectives it was, it was, uh, it was knit light material. There was an eye hole and there was a seam down the middle. It wasn't like a ski mask. Go to talkmer.com to see the rendition of the mask. Creepy. Kind of creepy. Yeah. yeah. It's creepy. This victim, it, and I'm telling you, the the rape victims don't want to give their names, and that's completely fine with me because I do not want to give their names either. 23-year-old woman, she kept telling the detectives about this mask, this mask, this mask. It was, it was, it wasn't a ski mask, but it, it had eye holes, a seam down the middle, but it, it wasn't just like something you put over your face. It fit. It almost like wrapped around his face. Mm. It was almost designed for his face. Like a superhero mask, kind of? Kind of, but it fit his curvatures of his face, of yeah. his cheekbones, of his... Like Spider-Man's mask, but black. Exactly, but of... of and if you go to talkmore.com, you'll see the... It's just a rapist mask. How is he able to breathe? Probably like, I mean, it's a breathable material, I guess. Now, she she said he was five, about five nine, and she wondered, all right, we're in Sacramento. It's in June. It's hot. What is it, like, 80, 85? Like, I mean, it's June in Sacramento. Who in the fuck... Wears a fucking ski mask. Well, somebody wants to protect his identity. Someone that just went skiing in the mountains and drove back. Almost like a dream. Now, this victim, single woman, she woke up with the light shining in her face. And it was just like, what am I dreaming? What the fuck is this, a dream? She sees this figure... About 10 feet away from her, from her bed, like, like, she's like wiping her eyes, like, what the fuck? She sees this guy with his mask and he's got his, 
is like fitting his face. Mm-hmm. Now he's kind of muscular. You know, he's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I mean, he's wearing a mask. Who the fuck wears a who the mother shit wears a mask, a ski mask in Sacramento in motherfucking June? It's hot. Who the fuck's going to wear that mask? A rapist or a murderer. Someone who doesn't want their identity shown. He was wearing a navy blue short sleeve shirt. He had gloves on. Why would you even let yourself wear a short sleeve shirt, though, if you're going all out with a mask? Like, I understand you're wearing gloves, but, like, what if he had any tattoos or identifiable marks on his body? Like, you're just... And but even if he didn't, like it would allow them to identify. Okay, this is a five foot nine white male. You know what I mean? Hey Nicole, will you read this? Where it says another detail. Another detail so unnatural it must have strayed in from her subconscious. A pair of pale legs with dark hair. The parts flew together and formed a whole. The man wasn't wearing pants. He was erect. His chest rose and fell. Exhalations of the real. He leaped onto Sheila's bed and pressed the blade of, four, of a four-inch knife against her right temple. She pulled the covers over her head to will him away. He yanked them off. If you make one move or sound, I'll stick this knife in you, he whispered. Oh my goodness. If you make one move or sound, I'll stick the knife in you. That's what it sounded like. That's terrifying. Now, this man, he shows up at the house... With no pants on. So he was wearing boxers or he was walking around? Ready in action. Guys, we have graduated in this episode from the Visalia Ransacker to the East Area Rapist. Now, he has switched. If you guys remember, he has switched police forces from Mm -hmm. Exeter to Auburn. Mm -hmm. Now he is the East Area Rapist. Now he has graduated from ransacking 130 homes in a year and a half to actually raping victims, starting with single women. October 5th, 1976. Now, shortly after 6.30 a.m., Jane Carson was cuddling in bed with her three-year-old son. Her husband just left for work. This is... 6.30. I mean, it's time to go to work. Get up, take a shower, go to work. Mm -hmm. The husband has just left. You know, she's cuddling. She's got a three-year-old son. Now her husband just walked out the door. Bye, honey. I love you. I love you too, honey. I'll see you when you get home. Have a good day. He shuts the door. You can hear it. Click, click. He's gone. Ten minutes later. Ten minutes later. You hear someone flipping the light switches, ding, 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 running down the hall. Jack, is that you? Wait, did you forget something? Did you forget what? What happened? Did you for, is next thing you know, some guy with no pants on is in your room. Shut up. And give me your money, and I won't hurt you. Think about saying that with a thirty-eight caliber 
pointed right into your temple. Whoa! Now this is like seconds after the husband left for work. Now if I would have started with this story, you guys thought it was, you guys would have thought it was the husband. Seconds after the husband left for work for good for the day. Now detectives found this entry very interesting. The timing was just incredible, right? The husband leaves her work and all of a sudden there's a rapist, not even at 2 a.m. This is at 6.30 in the morning. Who the hell is going to rape someone at 6.30 in the morning? Now, two weeks before this victim, they were victims of a very unusual robbery where the whoever came and robbed them stole sentimental stuff, some family photos. They left the money. Mm. And now it's 6.30 and it's 6.25. The husband leaves for work. 6.30, he comes in. You tell me that's not planning. You can tell me that's not planning. That is planning for months, man. Very premeditated, yes. Very premeditated. The rapes are brutal. The The rapes are brutal. The single victims, let me talk about the single victims MO. Before he moved to couples, because he didn't move to couples, and we're going to talk about that, he would go get the victims, and he would do stuff like he would stab the bed multiple times. He would blindfold them, blindfold the woman. And then say, am I in control? Am I in control? And he would stab the bed multiple times. He would take some scissors. You're blindfolded, Jen. He would take some scissors you can't even see and he would just snip, snip, snip right by your ear. You can hear him clicking, clicking, clicking down on your ear, Jen. This is the type of psychological torture he would inflict on his victim. That's that's more, that's more, that kind of stuff incites more fear in people than actual like I don't know. I feel like psychological torture is almost worse than physical torture because once the physical torture is over, but psychological, that stays there. He would call him by his name. It's been a long time, Nicole. It's nice to see you again as he's fucking raping you. It's nice to see you again, Nicole. What a fucking monster. Prior to the attacks, he would call multiple times and just hang up the phone. He was a master of turning out outside lights and inside lights, even if they were on a timer. He would know. Somehow he would know. It's like he had a background in electrician school or something. Maybe he went to a trade school. And think about it. Your husband goes to work 625, he's out the door, Nicole. Going to work. Electrical engineer. I'm taking care of my wife. At 630, the East Area Rapist would be in your house. He would rape you 
not once, but twice. And then he would go to the kitchen while you're bound up. Your feet are tied behind your back. Your arms are tied behind your back. And he would go in the kitchen and eat some crackers. Oh, what a... He would pull out some crackers, some Ritz crackers, saltines, and he would just leave them on the counter. He wouldn't even clean them up. He'd just leave them right on the counter. Maybe they need to make a more concerted effort to make sure their counters are clean. <laughs> it didn't matter what age to him. I mean, I told you about a 13-year-old. I told you about a 40-year-old. It didn't matter. You know. February 2nd, 1977. Nicole, can you read this? Where it has the little marks on the the first page to the last page? On the morning of February 2nd, 1977, a 30-year-old woman in Carmichael lay bound, blindfolded, and gagged on her bed. After listening for a long time and hearing nothing, she worked the gag out of her mouth and called out for her 7-year-old daughter, who she sensed was in the room. Are you okay? she asked. Her daughter shushed her. Mama, be quiet. Somebody pushed down on the woman's bed abruptly and let go as if to tell her he was still there. For several minutes, she lay with her eyes wide open against her orange and white terry cloth blindfold, listening to him breathe somewhere close by. Guys, listen, I told you about, what was the hint tonight? Flying saucers. Flying saucers. Let me tell you about it. Yeah, just saucers. Okay, April, I told you the hint was saucers. So April 2nd, 1977. He awoke in his first couple. Now he's graduating. He's a mm-hmm. ear, the East Area rapist. Mm-hmm. But he has the audacity, the uh, brazen, if you will, the confidence to graduate from just raping single women to couples. Like he's raping the man and the female? Not the man and the female, but he is going into the house with a man and the female. Now, April 2nd, 1977, he awakens a couple. The bright light, just think about that light, uh, the, the the light I have, the... Uh, headlamp. Headlamp. Just bright, just psh, right in your eyes, and it's 2.30 in the morning. You're sleeping, you were dreaming about fucking whatever. All of a sudden, you're awakened by this light just blinding you. Like, ah, right? Just like yeah. That. He says, "Listen, you better not fucking move. Either one of you, sit in a fucking bed. I have a gun." Shit. And then he takes the gun and he points it like right in front of the light, so they can see it. They can see the gun. The gun that will kill them. He throws some rope, some shoestrings, whatever he has. Because this is, I'm talking about one event, but I'm also talking about 40 events Mm -hmm. this has happened to. Mm. He throws the shoestring to the woman. He says, in a guttural voice, tie your husband up. Tie him up. So she ties him up. Right? Now, he goes to the kitchen. The husband's tied up. He puts a saucer. The hint was saucer tonight. 
he puts the saucer in a cup on the husband's back. The husband, arms behind his back, feet tied up, hogtied. Uh-huh. Oh, Shoe strings hogtied. A cup and saucer on his back. Like balance? If you fucking make a sound, if I hear these goddamn cups fall, then I'll kill everyone in this fucking house. Hmm. What he says. Wow. Now, that's some shit I've never heard before, even in my military career of people doing. Right? Call it the dishes trick. Hmm. And he started doing that a lot. He told the woman, I was in the army and I fucked a lot when I was there. Right before he raped her. Except he was in the Navy. Exactly. Now the detectives were already thinking that he was somewhat in the military. There was numerous bases. I mean, this is California. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of bases. Yeah, my dad was based out in California for a bit. Exactly. And they also knew, talking to the victims, that the dishes trick, putting the dishes, remember it's an alarm system. Remember he had the alarm system Mm -hmm. of putting the perfume bottles on the doorknobs. This was an alarm system. But this, the dishes trick, was straight out of jungle warfare. Hmm. This was gorilla shit. This was Vietnam shit. Well... Who the fuck would know this shit? A Vietnam veteran, then. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck would know this? Fucking brilliant. Never heard of it. Fucking brilliant. After all these rapes, there was a media blackout. The media did not want to cover this. There was people getting raped. There was up to 20 victims getting raped. And the detective was like, please do not put this out. Please, we do not want a chaos. We do not want... Chaos and anarchy. We do not want this. Eventually, the Sacramento Bee, they started putting out the headlines. Sensational article. Death to the next victim. May 16th, a surge of newly installed floodlights lit up like a Christmas tree throughout the county. May 17th, the next victim... He goes to the home. Detective Shelby, which I'll talk about in the next part. He was very vital to this case. I'm going to get into the personalities in the next part. Detective Shelby, he pulls up to the next victim. The male, he spoke in English and Italian. And Detective Shelby, which was in charge of the whole ear case, recognized him immediately. And he said... God damn, I know this guy. I know this victim. Who is he? Well, back in November, during that packed town hall discussion that Jen brought up earlier, he was the one that stood up and criticized the police. What? He said, you guys aren't doing enough. Wow. Guess what? He is the next victim. He's not the victim. He didn't get raped, but he watched his, not watched, he heard his wife squeal Mm. in the next room, tied up with her Mm. hands behind her back, her feet behind her back, getting raped violently. 
He heard her squeal. And in fact, when Detective Shelby pulled up to the house, he's just so fucking goddamn pissed. He's like, just go on in. It's already fucking happened. Just go in. Fuck it. Go in. He was the guy that criticized him during the meeting. The ear, he stereo rapist, he separated both the men and the women during the rapes. I have a question, though, before we continue. Yes, go ahead. Now, so this is in the early 70s. Did they ever think that maybe, like, it could have been connected to the Zodiac Killer? Oh, that's a good question, and I honestly cannot answer that. I I don't think so, because I... I I know it's in different parts of California, but... I don't know much about the Zodiac Killer, to be honest, so I It's around the same time, that's Um, why I'm asking. I don't know, Jen. I, I can answer that. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't know much about the zodiac to be to be. Uh, That's okay. It's just a, just it's just a thought. Yeah. Cause, I mean, the zodiac didn't really do much raping, or the crimes that he claimed that he committed, they weren't really rapes. They were just more more so murders. But in in cases where it was a couple, he killed the woman, but the man survived. I don't think they they would think it was related. I don't know the years of the zodiac, but this was. Definitely a different demo because I don't think the Zodiac yeah, went late, into people's homes. Late 60s, early 70s, and then he showed up again a, a little bit later. Too. We are going to cover the Zodiac in another episode. And honestly, I, I, I'm going to devote a lot of research to that because I, I know he may end up being caught this year because of the DNA. And we're going to talk about it in part two, but the DNA advances. Nicole, can you please read this for me? Those fuckers, those pigs, do you hear me? I've never killed before, but I'm going to kill now. I want you to tell those fuckers, those pigs, I'm going to to go home to my apartment. I have bunches of televisions. I'm going to listen to the radio and watch television. If I hear about this, I'm going to go out tomorrow night and kill two people. People are going to die. That's funny that you read it in a letter like that, because that's what the Zodiac did. All right, Jen, read the, you see where... You see where it's circled yeah. in the ink? Mm-hmm. Can you read that, Jen? I sure can. You tell those fucking pigs that I could have killed two people tonight. If I don't see that all over the papers and television, I'll kill two people tomorrow night. He devoured cheese at crackers and have a cantaloupe before he left. He tells to the woman, I'm going to listen to the radio and watch television. And if... I hear about this. I'm going out tomorrow night to kill two people. So if I hear about this shit, I'm going to kill two people. But he tells the man, if I don't don't hear about this, I'm going to kill two people. He told the wife, if I hear about this shit, I'm going to kill two people. But he told the man, if I don't hear about this, I'm going to kill two people. He's delivering two different messages to the same couple. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, right? Because either way, it gives him an excuse to kill again. Not an excuse, but like he'd be like, well, I told you if I heard about this, I would. Or I told you if I didn't hear about this, I would. Police department, the sheriff speaking. Catch me, you dumb fuckers. I'm gonna fucking... 
You're never going to catch me. I'm the East Area Rapist, you dumb fuckers. making the point that he was calling the police, taunting them. Now, the public was outraged. The police were desperate. They hired a psychic. They actually hired a special forces army colonel. Nicole, can you read what the special forces colonel said that they hired? The major point in training is that of patience, the colonel told them. The specially trained person can and will sit in one of in one position for hours if necessary and will not move. The ear sensitivity to noise, he's often turned off air conditioning and heating units to hear better, was a skill honed in special forces personnel. Ditto, knives, knots, and planning multiple escape routes. He can and will make, uh, make use of any point of concealment, the colonel said. Look for him in the, most, in the place most unlikely for a human to be i.e. the bottom portion of an outhouse, the middle of the of blackberry bushes. The colonel reiterated, remember the patience. He believes he's got more stamina than anyone else, and that searchers will give up when he will not. Now, I do want to say, guys, listen to part two. We're going to put part two out next week on Talco Tuesday. We're going to go through the actual murders. Now, we talked about tonight when he was the vice cellular ransacker when he graduated to the East Area Rapist. On part two, we're going to talk about his childhood a little bit. We're also going to talk about the actual murders, and they're really, really gruesome. Mm. Um, one more thing before we cut out for tonight. Maybe a catalyst for the graduation of East Area Rapist to Golden State Killer was from the Sacramento Bee. The East Area Rapist, there was a media blackout. They didn't want to tell anyone because the media would make it such a sensation. But when they finally did, the Sacramento Bee interviewed all the rape victims and I I believe they went a little overboard with it. Yeah, Nicole, can you please read this? The city awoke to a jarring headline in the Sacramento Bee. East Area Rapist Attacks. Number 23. Next victims died tonight? The article reported that the sheriff's department had consulted with the panel of local psychiatrists included that the ear was a probable paranoid schizophrenic and was likely in a homosexual panic because of inadequate physical endowment. Hmm, interesting. Inadequate physical endowment. Now, that article, they pursued that lead quite a bit. Uh, Do you guys, can you explain what that is? He had a small penis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He had a small penis. Nicole, can you read this quote from one of the victims? I'd feel cheated if someone blew his head off. I'd ask them to please aim low, she said. Mm-hmm. With over 50 rapes, patterns start to emerge, obviously. And, and one, of the, one of the details of the rapist was a, I'm just going to say it, a very small penis. He like was, a micro penis? He was under-endowed. And there were actual cases, if you if you read Michelle's book, where suspects were ruled out 
because huh. the the you know, wife of the you know the stepbrother saw the stepbrother diving in the pool nude and he was well endowed. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. He had a big penis. The East Area Rapist, the Golden State Killer, Joseph James D'Angelo, has a very small penis. And hmm. that I is is really funny. I wonder but if that's going to go in the uh, trial. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's really funny, but the Sacramento Bee, and as well as many other media outlets, highlighted that quite a bit. And even though it's really funny, it, it may have pissed him yeah, off. That's what I was gonna say. It may have pissed him off to the point of murder. Um but from every witness, he did have a small penis and he would show up in your house with no clothes on. Well no, with a shirt on, but with no pants on and something I wrote in my notes calling the no pants dance where he was fully erect wearing his ski mask with his small penis. That's like the naked man. And he would he would rape the victim and they would all say the same thing that he was he was very small uh when when it came to manhood, so Well that's embarrassing. Yeah. Guys, um we're gonna stop it right here. The uh part two is gonna be when he graduates finally to the murders is psycholo if you if you're interested in psychology this is escalation at its most fundamental levels i mean this is is easily seeing the escalation from the ransacker 130 ransacks a year to the rapes to the 50 rapes to the finally and I'm going to show you the first couple he killed was kind of a trial kill, almost like the Dracula killer hmm. when he shot the couple at random. Mm-hmm. It was a trial kill, like, oh, can I do this? Am I capable of this? To the actual brutalness, the murders, the gruesomeness of what we're going to talk about in part two. So uh, be sure to be sure to listen to part two of this, and we're going to go on through that. So. But that, cool. that that's my um story tonight guys. What do you guys think? Wow, well, I'm I'm intrigued. I I I didn't I learned I learned a lot more than like I heard about the case when it when it became big, but I didn't really go into depth. So hearing some of these details is really interesting. Some of the theories are behind it. And I knew nothing about this case before, so this is just really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously this is a case that's in the media quite a bit. I mean, this is the um and we're going to talk about how he got caught and everything. And honestly, if it wasn't for the new technology, he would never be caught. Right. You know, I mean, it would be he would be dead before he was caught. But mm-hmm. luckily, technology has caught up with him. So we're going to talk about that in part two. So be sure we're going to release this episode on Taco Tuesday. So tomorrow, guys, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to listen tomorrow. So. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday to see the part two because you, you're going to want to see this. And I'm going to put all the photos and everything else for you guys. So be sure to go to talkmore.com and uh, join our Patreon, too, because we're going to be discussing this quite a bit mm-hmm. on our Patreon. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for listening to Talk Murder to Me. It's been a really fun night. Um, we're all pretty in a good place, especially John and then followed by me. Yeah, and I'm drunk. Night. 
I'm I'm pretty drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we Go hope on. that you listen to us some more, especially tune in next week to hear some more about this case. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Why do you guys do this to me? I need you guys to be part of this pod. We are. Well, then be with it. We're glad you're back, Jen, man. Yeah. We can't do this podcast without you. Aww. You're not just background noise. You're foreground noise. Thank you. Front ground noise. <sighs> For your foreskin noise. Hey. She's about to piss me off. I'm leaving that in there. I got creative control. I feel like we should dedicate an episode to something every time. This episode is dedicated to the... Very talented, very amazing, very now dead personality of Freddie Mercury. I saw Queen Bohemian Rhapsody, and that was amazing. Oh my God, you guys want to go see it again? We saw it on Saturday. I do. I do. I'll go with you. I do. Done. Guys, if you're listening to me right now, we don't promote a bunch of products or anything, but go see Bohemian Rhapsody. I think that guy should get an Oscar. I cried. Oh, you I know, he was I the guy on... Uh, oh, man. So he did Mr. Robot on yeah. uh, Amazon. Rami Malek. Oh, my God. If you ever listen to this... Ram- mm-hmm. What's his name? Rami Malek. Rami Malek. Listen, dude. <clears throat> Jesus, that was a great performance. You fucking nailed it. Holy shit. Yeah. What was I watching the other day that someone did that? And I was like... I was, like, I was talking to... That was on the Trailer behind. Park Boys. Yes, but it wasn't that though. I was. I have been watching Trailer Park. Boys. I love. You, you need to get her to watch Trailer oh Park Boys. Fuck no. That's a great show, we man. We watched like two episodes of that. And I, that no, I've watched. Give it some time. You have. To I've watched time. the whole season multiple times. That was the biggest waste of my fucking life. No, it's not. It's really funny because you gotta. You gotta think it's a low budget no. film. They, the guys didn't have any money. It There's... is not funny. It's not uh, funny. Uh, Leary, uh, what's his name? Uh, Leahy, Leahy, when he. <laughs> He's driving his car. It was no roof. You know, Ricky's car sold on eBay. Really? Yeah. Didn't work. I- I'm already a little drunk. <clears throat> drunk. But that's okay, because guys, guess what? We're in Charleston. It's actually beautiful weather outside. It's not that cold. And I know that tonight, since I am the Grinch of Christmas, I don't like Christmas, if you've heard that from my last episode... We are going to IHOP after this to get a IHOP Grinch pancake. So I am happy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that comes out of your mouth sometimes, I'm not surprised anymore, but it's like it's like interesting to hear like where your trains of thought go and like how do you get to that point and well, what do you think about on a regular basis? Well, I'm currently seeing a shrink. I don't know if I told you. Like she is yeah. my I crap my pants. You didn't. Uh, yep. I thought you learned your lesson. I guess not. Dad, the vultures are back. Okay, kids, you know the drill. Windows up. Gone too far looking for a good deal on gas? Try Price Match, only from BP Me Rewards at participating BP and Amico stations. Learn more at bp.com slash best price. Better Banking is opening your new first Commonwealth Bank personal checking account with our online account recommendation tool and being entered to win wireless earbuds. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. Visit fcbanking.com for details.